What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode six of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your weekly podcast all about Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and of course, I am joined by my two incredible co-hosts, Gary Witta and of course, Alana Pierce. Gary and Alana, before I say, hey, what's going on? Just want to take a moment and just say congratulations. We've now completed our six-episode pilot program, and guess what? The call has been made by the Kind of Funny team. We're going to go a little bit longer, all the way up to the Series X release, maybe past that. But right now, we're going to extend this pilot program. So congratulations to the both of you. I'll start off with Alana. Alana, it's been a pleasure to get to hang with you, talk Xbox, and learn from you. Thank you for going on this ride with me, and congratulations. Thank you, man. It's been tons of fun. Uh, community seems to really enjoy the show, which is the whole purpose of making a show, is so that people have something to watch that they like. So thank you to everyone who's been supportive and said nice things and tweeted cool stuff at us. I really appreciate it. I love that, Alana is right. Of course, Gary as well. You uh, know a thing or two about making shows, making content. Congratulations, Gary. What does this mean to you? Yeah, it's great. I got the text from uh, Tim Geddes last night. Very excited. I mean, I always kind of felt like it was it was going to happen because, you know, it looks like, again, I don't know the back end side of it, but, you know, it seems like the community has really responded to it. Um, you know, the YouTube numbers seem to be pretty good compared to like Kind of Funny's other shows. I mean, it seems like it's performing well. So, uh, I mean, and, you know, and it makes sense, I think, to keep going at least through the the launch of Series X as, you know, excitement about the next generation builds. And uh, yeah, I get to hang out with you fine people for a bit longer. So, you know, win-win. Mike, really That's quick, I just want to tell you, I, I may or may not have threatened if X-Cast doesn't get picked up, I might burn kind of money to the ground. I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to are, say? You a, are, you a, are you a KFX stan already, Barrett? I mean, I, mean, I, I helped direct the show. I kind of have to be. True. I, I guess. You, you have Credit to, to Barrett for the work well. you're putting in here, too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Barrett, Barrett's exactly. the young hero of a lot of kind of funny content. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, all things to Barrett over there. A lot of love and support to Barrett Courtney, who runs, produces, and really makes this show what it is. So thank you to Barrett. Thank you to my two incredible co-hosts, Gary Witta, Alana Pierce. Just being around them, getting to learn from them, and getting to hang with them and talk Xbox has been an awesome journey. Thank you to the Kind of Funny community. You guys are the ones that made this all possible. So thank you for not only making this dream a reality, but coming along this ride with us and enjoying it. Like Alana and Gary both said, it's because of your engagement. It's because of you guys speaking up and saying, hey, I like this, and this is what I want to see. And that means the world to not only me, but I'm sure all three of us here, all four of us, including Baird as well. And thank you to my friends and family who have supported me and helped me along this journey. You know who you are. Thank you so much. And this one goes out to you. You've but done a great enough. job, dude. I did oh, also yeah. want to give a real quick shout to, I've seen loads of people say they have a PlayStation, they've never had an Xbox and don't want an Xbox, but they like watching the show anyway. Yeah, I noticed that too. very cool. That's crazy. They <laughs> yeah. just like us. What uh, is that about? Somehow, that's, I think it's all Mike. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys are the best. It's Mike's energy is, it, Mike's energy is yeah. infectious. And I got to mm -hmm. say, again, compliments to Mike. Mike's always been, I've been saying to Mike for a long time, like he's a natural host. I've noticed him get better at this, noticeably better at it, even through the course of the six episodes. You've grown a lot into this show, Mike, and you're, you're to be applauded for it. Thanks, team. I appreciate that. Enough of the sappy stuff. Let's get into the fun <laughs> stuff that you know I love. Let's talk all things Xbox, but really quick. Let me give you some housekeeping alerts. The X-Cast posts each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. I know I've been saying it for six weeks, but we are a brand new show, so I still need your support. Please subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, like the video, and share it with all of your friends around the globe. And we're also on podcast services, so please subscribe and leave some reviews. Let's make this 
the most popular show on Kind of Funny like we've already done. So keep it going right there. <laughs> Another heads up. Next week, the Kind of Funny crew will be live reacting to all things Gamescom 2020. So make sure to stay tuned for that one. I believe the date is Thursday for Gamescom, probably opening night with Jeff Keighley. But make sure to keep an eye on all social media platforms with Kind of Funny to get up with those live reacts. And finally, the fight does continue. Greg's first ever playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved continues to chug along. He Did will finish, finish that game fight. yet? What's he doing? Yeah, What's he playing at? Come on, Greg. Six weeks, man. We, we got some scheduling <laughs> well, conflicts, been dragging okay? on and on. This upcoming mm-hmm. week, uh, Greg's on vacation. We got we got a little, uh, we got we got some things to work out here. But he's going to get through it. They're really close from what I understand. All right. All right. Playing Halo I'll... sounds like my ideal vacation. Come on, Greg. Oh, <laughs> a lot of hitting him with one. I love it. Of course, <laughs> you can catch those live. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. And I can now confirm that the VOD will be put up on Sundays at 6 a.m. on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So the most exciting part over here at Kind of Funny, you're now going to get Xbox weekends starting this weekend with the Kind of Funny X cast and the first ever episode going up on VOD of Halo Combat Evolved with Greg Miller, Tim, and Andy. What's better than that, you guys? And That's re- so cool. Really quick, later today, if you're watching this the morning of Saturday, 6 a.m. Pacific time, um, later today, we are re- live reacting. I know it's not completely related uh, to DC fandom stuff. It's a lot of movie stuff, but I believe at 10.30 a.m. we're live reacting to the WB Montreal uh, game announcement, which I am personally very excited for. And then I think at 5 is when uh, Rocksteady's uh, uh, ju- just, uh, Justice League or uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League uh, thing is uh, happening. So make sure to check that out Ooh, live on Twitch.tv uh, slash Kind of Funny Games. box from them. Wait, what is oh, that? What? what is dated. that? What? Huh. Something to do with DC fandom? Like, oh. I have no idea what I don't get these like, boxes. Obviously. I got to up my influence. I could again. open Alana, it right now. gets all the good stuff. I'm going to give us a live unboxing. Well, could, thank you, Baird, for catching that. I don't know when it's embargoed until, because it does say the date on it. And I'm like, I, like I've been sitting with this in tomorrow. my and been like, I wouldn't risk it, Alana. Going to have something to do with whatever Rocksteady is working on in it? Probably not. <laughs> well, that should get you excited, no doubt about it. So make sure to tune into that. Thank you for Barrett for all of that. Remember to enjoy your Xbox weekends here at Kind of Funny. And uh, thank you all so much for the pilot program. Six episodes in, and we got a couple more to go. So we're going to have a whole lot of fun. Let's just jump right into it. Let's check the dashboard. The biggest weekly news we got two incredible games coming out for the Microsoft and Xbox suites. Microsoft Flight Simulator and Battletoads Review. So let's go through the review roundup and our impressions. First up, let's take flight together. We checked mm-hmm. out Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'll give you some of the review scores that I saw around the internet. Metacritic on the review side is going to be a 93. Users a 6.9. Nice. GameSpot gave nice. it a 9. Yeah. I want to beat him through it. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you. you <laughs> IGN gave it a 10. PC Gamer gave it an 89 out of 100. So... Alana and Gary, I'll start with you, Alana, because I know you've got to experience something fun. What is your experience and thoughts on Microsoft Flight Simulator? Uh, yeah, I actually participated in um, Bruce Green and uh, Boone put together this stream where they were doing the longest flight in the world, which I believe is LA to Dubai. I think it's the flight path. We were definitely headed to Dubai. <laughs> um, and they were doing it from an actual plane cockpit in a hangar. So uh, I went to do that again in the hangar, like actually playing the game inside of a plane. Um, Very, very cool. Super fun. Um, I have also played a little bit of it myself. I'm terrible at it. Um, I've never really played any flight sims at all. It's like something that I've just never even touched or been interested in. I think I said that last week and I was really interested in this one. 
you know, my first several flights I took off and I crashed. It was you know, more complicated than I expected, even though I knew it would be complicated. Um, the one thing that I want to say, and this is a very anti-Alana thing to say in general, is uh, I, I never want to tell people their review scores are wrong because review scores are opinions. I just don't understand how this is getting so many tens when this game crashes a lot. Like I've had probably, I think maybe seven just hard crashes uh, throughout maybe four hours of playing, including a lot that were on that stream. Um, textures not popping in correctly is a really common thing, even playing on ultra. Uh, and the loading screens are tremendous. It's just uh, like, uh, are you guys not having those same crash issues or is it just like, obviously it bugs the subjective, which is also a very interesting thing when it comes to reviews is like, you can't represent everyone else's technical problems when you're reviewing a game. But with this one, it seems pretty consistent across the board that people are having massive crashes. You know, Alana, I'll start off before Gary. I've played this game probably close to five to 10 hour area. And I have had zero crashes no way. the way you're describing it. Now, I will agree there is some texture pop-ins. You know, when you really start to look at the fine details of the buildings and the trees, yes, I can start getting critical on that. But gameplay-wise, no, I haven't had any crashes that you're describing at all for me. There you go. Gary, for you? Uh, lest anyone be uh, confused since they're listening to an Xbox podcast, we are talking about the Windows version here. The Xbox mm -hmm. version's not out yet. Windows is is, is out right now. Uh, Xbox, um, by the way, have they announced when the Xbox version will be following it? Not yet. Okay, so, but we know it's coming. There is an Xbox version coming. Um, I'm planning to play it this weekend. I'm really excited about it. As, as a former editor of PC Gamer magazine back in the 1990s when flight sims were still a big thing, um, I'm really excited to see it come back. And I can only imagine how exciting it is for all those kind of hardcore flight sim fans out there for many years who kind of saw their favorite genre wither and die on the vine over the years. Flight sims used to be a big deal in the PC space and they kind of went away. Um, and the fact that Mike, you know, the, the, the granddaddy of them all, Mike, the original one, Microsoft Flight Simulator is back and in such a, in such incredible style. I mean, it, obviously what they've done with it is, you know, crashes aside and hopefully they'll fix those bugs with, with patches, but you know, the technical achievement and the scope of the scale of the thing that they've built here really is jaw dropping. I was on Major Nelson's podcast yesterday. I think that's actually dropping. Uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it should also be out. Go check out, uh, Major Nelson's podcast. We took a bit of a deep dive into, uh, Flight Sim. Uh, this week. Um, and I'm really in awe of it. I've, 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 watched, I've been watching some of the streams. I'm fortunate enough to have a really ninja PC here, high-end uh, CPU, GPU, should be able to really crank it. Uh, and I'm really excited to see um, what it can uh, do. Uh, so uh, I, think it's, I think it's phenomenal. Again, as a, as a kind of a, an old-fashioned PC diehard, it's so great to see a venerable old genre and a venerable old franchise of the, you know, kind of PC yore kind of come back and, you know, everything's made new again. Um, like I said, the, the, the flight sim fans out there who, who must have felt underserved for so many years must now feel like it's 10 Christmases at once with this game. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the one that I've seen the most people who, like me, who aren't interested in flight sims jumping into, which actually has been really cool. Uh, even based on the time that I played it, I sort of expected I would want to check it out and I would want to look at a couple of things and then I would stop. But that's actually not been the case. Like, I am excited to play more. Uh, I thought that I would be, yeah, curious from the jump, want to see what it looks like because every trailer we've seen, it just is so freaking beautiful. And I think in some areas that is true from my experience, in some that it's not. Um, but yeah, I did fly home and that was lovely. Uh, I just wanted the experience of going from LA to Brisbane and I got to do that. It was really nice. So 
it's it's definitely a, a massively impressive technical achievement. Uh, the fact that when you're actually in the world, there are no loading screens. You can fly across the entire world. Virtually everything is mapped out. I don't know if you guys have seen all the people landing on Epstein's Island. <laughs> yes. I've, I've seen, I've, I've noticed that apparently the new way to troll people is to crash a 747 into their house, which you can mm -hmm. do because the whole world is mapped out in, in yep. green detail. Alana, yep. I'm curious, as someone, you said that you're not someone who's like super into flight sims. Not at all. As, some, as, as someone who's coming from that lack of background in flight sims, have you found the game accessible because the big thing is like you know you can crank up the realism and like you know and make it as hard to fly as a real airplane but they also have to make it accessible for people that just want to like get into it and not worry about having to learn all the controls you know to the nth degree so as a person who again knows literally nothing about flight sims i i don't think i've ever played one i may have at school at one point uh but not that i can even recall um i when i first jumped into it i just went to the world and even the ui like, I just didn't really understand. Like, I assumed that when I chose that I wanted my flight path to be LA to Brisbane, that it would give me a plane that could do that. So I wasn't looking <laughs> for the area where I have to select the plane. I was like, it'll give me the right plane for this trip, right? It didn't. Uh, and then I, I crashed and didn't know why I had crashed. So then I did some of the tutorial. Uh, I have absolutely no doubt with how comprehensive that tutorial is that uh, I could end up being proficient. But yeah, wouldn't recommend that anyone like me with no experience with this genre unashamedly i'm owning it i don't know anything about flight sims um not a not a plane enthusiast uh yeah you you could jump in but don't don't try to go straight for the open flying because uh, you'll do a lot of dying and there's some really like funny stuff happened when we were doing that long stream like i accidentally did a backflip because i put the weight in the plane up really high to see what would happen and the plane tips and then it was like halfway up and i was like oh this is going to go terribly so i got rid of the weight so what ended up happening is just the flame just spun midair uh, <laughs> as soon as that weight balanced out. We also uh, were largely flying on like 3 or 4% fuel because you can fly faster. But uh, with some certain options, you can just add and erase fuel whenever you want to, which is really handy. So it is like extremely customizable to how you want to play or how uh, proficient you are in the genre. And at one point, the chat kept being like, you guys are running out of fuel, you're running out of fuel, even though we know and we can fill it up at any time. So we put it on 100%. And the plane just immediately got overstressed and went down. You were like, oh, I didn't expect the plane to get stressed and crash. So it's like, I, I feel like a lot of the learning is not knowing what things are going to do. <laughs> like not knowing what weight is going to make a plane flip. It's just like stuff that I don't know. But yeah, I certainly don't feel like it is so, um, so simmy that I can't get into it uh, with more of a focus on those tutorials being really, really comprehensive. Uh, I've been playing with a mixture of an Xbox controller and keyboard, and I am curious to see how it runs just with an Xbox controller. Um, I mean, well. yeah, I mean, and, and that, and that well. question about accessibility really does kind of answer itself because for the coming Xbox version, yeah, they got to make it work on a standard controller, right. which means they have to simplify the controls to some extent. Um, I'm curious, Mike, maybe you know, pardon my ignorance, but has Microsoft said anything about for the Xbox version? Obviously, a lot of people that really want to get into the PC version, they have the throttles and the yokes and the pedals and the flight mm -hmm. sticks. Will the, it, is the Xbox version going to support that stuff for people that want the real sim experience, or are they going to be stuck with a controller? I think it's an interesting question. I don't know if Microsoft you know, has spoken to that yet. That's a, a great question there, Gary. I haven't seen anything that's 100% confirmed that, but I would have to assume it, right? Because we've seen on the Xbox One that they have mouse and keyboard supports. Right. We've seen Logitech wheels and different pedals for racing games be able to be put into that. So I would have to say it's probably safe to assume you're getting guaranteed mouse and keyboard, and I would assume that those accessories would 
plug in as well, Gary. For yeah, sure. I'd be amazed if so. they don't. I'd be amazed if they don't check that box. Yeah, yeah. It, I I will speak on Alana. For me, I'm similar to Alana, right? I have no flight sim experience. I've never really thought this is a game I'd get into. And for you, Gary, it's totally accessible on just the controller. I will say I'm kind of now that I've played a quite some time bit of Alana, I'm still using the mouse to kind of zoom out at some points. But yeah, I would say 100 percent of the time I can play in controller just fine. I crank it down to easy mode for me personally, and you could take off. There's no restrictions, nothing that will bog you down and you can just fly, which I think for me as a beginner is exactly what I wanted. Right. Like there's no questions at all. You can just take off from the landing strip and you can go anywhere with the controller. And I don't die mid flight. I don't have to worry about any of the expert stuff, which is really cool for a beginner style. You crank that thing to easy and you just take off and fly from anywhere. Right. That's the biggest boast of this is I'm out in Lake Tahoe flying over my home. Then I go to Colorado, see my family's home. Now I'm out in Egypt, seeing the pyramids. I'm in Australia, seeing the great barrier reef. Like there's really cool spots and you can just go anywhere on the planet, which is like mind blowing still to me of, Type in mm -hmm. any airport or type in any longitude and latitude and good luck. Have fun with it. And then you can fly with your friends, Gary, too. Alana, I don't know if you saw that. Have you flown with your friends at all? We had a couple of people on the stream follow us for a while. So it's like we got stream sniped. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, That's yeah I've cool. done, a, done a little bit of that. Um, someone helped us take off at one airport, actually. We had, uh, uh, I think it was a 747, and we were taking off at this tiny airport that was like somewhere in Greenland, I think. And I guess someone was watching the stream and found us and helped bump the plane so that we would actually be able to take off on this tiny, tiny strip. Um, wow. Yeah. And obviously you can make custom strips. And I mean, it's there's so many airports, like really they're everywhere. Tiny little places in the middle of nowhere that you never would have expected. So yeah, I have yeah. done some of the multiplayer stuff and found it really, really cool. One of the things that I think a lot of people who may not be familiar with, with uh, MS Flight Sim uh, that are going to get introduced to is is the fact that over the years that game really has developed a very incredible hardcore community to, community to the extent that you will have people who role play like air traffic controllers and for hours on end every day and they just shuttle and they'll and they'll shuttle traffic and they'll talk to you and they won't break character and you know they 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 approach that as though it's their real job and it's amazing and there's such a community there and again those people again I've got to feel like it's Christmas come early for them right now because this is going to allow them to you know indulge that hobby at, at a level of fidelity never before seen and then just one other additional point I want to make again I just talked to Larry about this yesterday I think it's interesting we've been really really blessed uh, during uh, the whole public health crisis that we've been having with a bunch of games that have come out that have been like just the right games for the for the time right now. Animal Crossing, you know, we've all heard about how that offered people an escape, you know, and a, a distraction. Um, Fall Guys, I think, is the perfect game for the moment right now because it's just fun for fun's sake and it's putting a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces. And I think in a weird way, this one as well, especially for us poor Americans, uh, or people living in America, uh, you know, we can't go anywhere. And we're all terrified to go in an airport. No one's getting on an airplane. We can't go out and travel the world. But Microsoft Flight Simulator will actually allow you to do that in a way, and again, to such a high graphical level of fidelity. Again, it's not the same, but maybe it's not a bad next best thing. Maybe it'll actually scratch the itch for people feeling like they want to get out and, and uh, you know, uh, hit the wild blue yonder and I explore totally the world so. a little bit. I don't know if I'm overstating that, but I feel no. like some people are going to no, get something out of that. I know that I won't be able to see my family for the longest period of time that I've ever gone without seeing them because of the pandemic. Australians aren't allowed to leave the country. And if I go back, that would mean that I wouldn't be able to leave. So we're trying to like figure out ways around that. But it seems like I probably will go like a full two years without seeing my family for the first time ever, which sucks.
So having this game, like, again, the first thing that I wanted to do was fly home to Brisbane. I was like, I just want to fly home. I want to see where my family is. And that is really comforting in a world where you can't fly. It's I'm totally not going to understate that. It's uh, very cool and, like you said, like weirdly convenient. Yeah, that just very came fortuitous out right that it came out at, right at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and very good. Makes for a great experience to, like, see places in the world that you might dream of or, like, you may never go and get to visit. I think that's the coolest part for me as a really big homebody. It's like... Now, all of a sudden, I'm in Tokyo, Japan, or I'm out in, you know, Beijing, China, and I'm going out to South Africa. Like, that's some of the coolest stuff. And to see that fly over it, that's that makes for a memorable experience, especially in the gaming space. It's yeah, and the, and the stuff that they've done with the mapping to basically, you know, obviously the major cities are all really kind of crafted to a very high level of fidelity. But you can go to literally any grid point on the planet, and it'll look pretty much like it would will look in real life. Fly over the pyramids. As oh, well, that, that was that's one of my downsides. Is uh, on the on the that eighteen hour flight. Part of what I did was um, we flew over the top of top of the globe, literal top, uh, which is cut off on their GPS uh, map, um, and it was nonsensical. Uh, it had just these random, really tall peaks with flat tops. Like, there's no way that they were real, maybe, <laughs> real maybe maps. That's, maybe like that's what. Of... Maybe what that's what's up there, Alana. How do you know? Could seems be. pretty unlikely based <laughs> on the way that it looked. Uh, I just like. I don't know. Father Christmas up lives there. up there. It's a magical place. You it's don't true. know. I guess it looks like Lord of the Rings spires. That somebody like we kept making the joke that like maybe Goku had like karate chopped them because they just cut <laughs> halfway through. Uh, so a lot of like weird stuff on places nobody's even going to try to fly to. I I, I, I think with, with with a game that allows you to do so much, you're going to see some really interesting emergent behavior as people try to figure out all the things that they can do with the game to try and bend or break it. It's going to be yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I hope they fix the, the crash issues because that's been like a major bummer for me and was obviously a bummer on the stream. But totally worth noting, Mike, if you said you didn't have a single one, then yeah. you're like, you know, maybe my comment on saying like, I was like, how does this get tens? is just bugs fully can be subjective. It's absolutely possible that the people who gave it those tens just never had a crash. I did on two different PCs, but that doesn't mean it happens for a hundred of them. Yeah, totally. And Gary, I'll tell you this as well. If you want to talk about awesome experiences, me and my friends flying together we're like looping around the 740 jet we're trying to do the blue angels where we're blading next to each other <laughs> it is so awesome the crazy stuff that we did in that and i love it so sign I guess, me up mike oh you can be my wingman anytime i'll fly with you <laughs> come on top gun i guess to round this out is would you both recommend this game so alana i'll start with you playing it would you recommend this game to others this is a game that i would recommend to everyone um, yeah, certainly people who are feeling homesick or are stuck inside right now who want to travel, I really do think it's a great outlet for that and is part of why I was so excited for it. Uh, it is also just very cool to have something that can let you explore the planet. It's like Google Maps, uh, or, or what is it, the Google Worldview thing? Remember what it's called? Google Earth, maybe? What it's called? I mean, isn't, uh, it, isn't it, are Microsoft using their own? Are they using Bing? I think they're using they, Bing. I mean, they are using version? Bing, but I'm okay. talking about, you know, the, I don't even remember what it's called. I yeah, think you're yeah. right. Uh, yeah, so it's like having Google Earth, but just way cooler. Um, right. Just, just because you feel like you're actually flying to everything uh, of your own accord. So I fully appreciate that. Yeah, no, no I don't think this is for everyone, uh, but I think it's worth trying out. Worth noting, it is a massive install um, and it takes a long time. I think it's 95 gig and it takes a long time. So like there are, you know, um, some minor restrictions there, but it, I I'm happy to have it. <laughs> well, let's hope they get the Xbox version up and running. Well, so I'm the only one of the three that hasn't, uh, put any flight hours in yet. I'm planning to this weekend. So I'll have more information with you uh, for you next week when we come back in our first show of our uh, extended 
pickup mic. Very excited about that. I'll be able to I'll be able to tell you what I what I think having spent some time with it uh, over the weekend. Now I'm excited because I said I've got I've got a killer PC here, Titan RTX, pretty much the the the, the nuttiest graphics card on the on the market. So I'm going to crank everything and see if I can get it looking as it does in some of those 4K uh, trailers, uh, those showcase pieces uh, that we've been seeing. I'm excited for it. I love that, Gary. I'm going to agree with Alana here. Is it is this game is not for everybody, but for me, somebody that is not into flight sims and how much fun of an experience I had, I would walk around and recommend this game to anyone and everyone in between. I think it's really cool. Crank that setting down to easy. Let yourself learn, take off, and explore the world. And also, the coolest part is if you want to get deeper, of course, there's that sim factor. You can really go into the weeds with this. And the other flip side is they have awesome challenges, right? The challenge right now is to land on one of the world's smallest runways mm. out in France. And it's a blast to perfect that challenge, see the leaderboard where you rank up in the world with different stats and rankings. And there's a lot to this game, and there's a lot of fun to be had, especially if you're not a flight sim person. So what I would say is I recommend it to everybody. Give it a try. I know we harp on it all the time, but it is on Game Pass. So why not take a risk and take a chance? It is a media install, so you got to remember that. But I think this when it comes to the Xbox Series X, will be a killer app. This is something you want to promote, you want to tell to people, you want to shout from the rooftops. And on Game Pass, there's no way that you should miss this opportunity because it's a lot of fun. Well, Mike, that was going to be a launch title. Mike, that was actually going to yeah. be my next my next question to you because on PC, I get it, right? Flight Sim like they, they, and, and PCs, they go, they go hand in hand and always have done historically. On a console, on Xbox, this kind of game is a bit of a unicorn, right? You typically don't see games this simmy on console do you think that xbox gamers console gamers will will respond to something like this that's a bit of an outlier yeah i think so with all the positive buzz it's getting what it's really touting of the whole globe you can go anywhere right gary i've watched you do a fishing simulator i've seen fran maribella <laughs> drive like you know warehouse trucks all around the globe in trucking simulator they that's have, us. That's me and Fred. We're weird, though. We're not, we're not typical gamers. We they like to have play the weird stuff. farming simulator. I think the world is growing to it. It's like, man, like if you're into this stuff, they have a niche market for you. But at the same time, it does appeal to a general audience. And I think this is the one that would do that, right? Fish simulator, trucking simulator, farming is probably a little more niche than this, where it's like, oh, yeah. fly over your house, do a backflip somewhere. It's awesome. I love that idea. Yeah, it's fun. I, 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 I think I, I agree. I think it'll take off. I think people will will enjoy it. Take off, nice, unintentional oh, wow. pun. Yes, Lana. <laughs> Good job, but Lana. I, I do feel like it'll uh, just based on people enjoying it so much now, it'll have a much more positive reception. More be interested to see what it looks like on Series X too. Like, will yeah. it? Will it? It'll be a great kind of benchmark game for the Series X to kind of because we know how incredible it can look on a on a high end PC. What will the Series X version look like? I think Digital Foundry and those guys will end up having a lot of fun uh, putting it through its paces when it comes out on. Uh, Series X. I love that. Well, let's keep up with the puns and the bad jokes, Alana, because we got another awesome title that's all about puns and bad jokes, which is Battletoads. Battletoads is now out. Since 1991, we've awaited the re-arrival of Zitz, Rash, and Pimple. And now, just to give you the quick rundown, Metacritic has a 72 on the reviewer score. No user scores yet. Um, we're still in that opening window. Windows Central, 3 out of 5. IGN gave it an 8. GameSpot gave it a 6. Destructoid gave it a 7. Game Informer gave it a 5 out of 10. Now, Alana and Gary, we're going to talk about Battletoads and our impressions, but I thought we'd bring on our producer, Barrett Courtney, to bring on and just say, hey, Barrett, what were some of your impressions of Battletoads? 
Uh, yeah, I, I dropped in. I played uh, roughly like the first uh, like 30, 40 minutes. Um, and first thing I want to say is that this game is just weirdly pretty. Like it's just very nice to look at and the, the animations and uh, seeing uh, the, the Toads fight these weird villains and all these boss fights and the, uh, the environments um, all really fun to just kind of like take in and look at uh, the gameplay is, is fun. Uh, it's one of those things though, where like, I, I feel like I would be having more fun uh, doing couch co-op with someone. Um, unfortunately, uh, my wife, uh, I don't think would be super interested in playing this game with me. Um, so it was for me personally, it's starting to get a, a little tired uh, after a little bit, just playing by myself. Um, but I, I, I thought it, it's it, it, it lasted like um the impression I, I got is like th this is going to be a fun couple hours. It's very cute, uh, like not the best jokes in the world that are being written and not the best, uh, I would say, voice acting uh, that I've experienced so far. But just like fun, dumb stuff here that I, I, I really liked and appreciated. And I'm um, I'm definitely interested in to play the the rest of the game, uh, seeing like what other jokes and bits that they have. Uh, there was, uh, one level. And I, I think this was just technically its own level where you're just doing a mini game where the, the toads are just like working everyday day jobs. Yeah. Uh, and it was really <laughs> funny. And I like, I, I got a kick out of that. And so, um, yeah, it, it was fun to kind of get into. And for my, what I understand, uh, it's not, uh, that long of a game. So I'm excited to, uh, uh, finish the rest of it. The one question I have for you, uh, I just showed it on screen, is that uh, the flies that you can uh, pick up with your tongue, I thought I knew how to do that, but I, I don't, I, I think, like, it, I... I'm following everything the instructions are telling me to, but it's not, my tongue isn't catching on to the flies, so I don't know if <laughs> you guys have any hot tips for me for that. I can definitely give you some hot tips on that one, Barrett, as the tutorial kind of gives you a lot there to comprehend and hold on to. Uh, really quick before, I guess, me and Alana and Gary get in, I will say that I had a code provided by Microsoft, so thank you for the review code. Make sure everybody knows that and it's clear. Alana, Gary, did you guys get review codes? Do I need yes. to say anything about this before we They, they did send me a code, but I already, already have Game Pass, so who needs it? <laughs> I like that. Well, <laughs> I'll continue with Barrett here. I had a really good time with Battletoads. I thought it was a ton of fun. And echoing what Barrett said, this game is pretty. This game screams 90s Saturday morning cartoons. I'm sitting down in front of the family TV and I am not going anywhere because I'm enthralled with the colors, the animation, the art style, the characters, the bad jokes. And I think Battletoads for me knocked all that out the park, right? I wasn't expecting a Last of Us. I'm not expecting a genre-breaking game. What I'm expecting is a fun afternoon romp with me and my friends on the couch in a cartoony world and I think Dalala Studios and Rare and Xbox delivered on that. It's totally fun. And I think the coolest part for me, before I school Baird here, is it is a beat-em-up, but it doesn't weigh you down in that because it is a multi-genre game. All of a sudden, you're doing, you know, a, a, a Space Invaders shoot them up in a spaceship. You're doing different game modes from working the mundane jobs. And I think for me, that's what really elevated the gameplay for me. It wasn't just a Streets of Rage 4 which is an incredible game, and I really loved this year. But it's not just sit there and beat them up every single level. They switch it up on you. They change it up. I think that's what the Battletoads formula is, and I'm really, I'm really happy to see it in 2020. I think it's super awesome. Alana, what were you, some of your thoughts on that? I am in full agreement with uh, Barrett uh, that it sucks so bad that it doesn't have online co-op, especially when Streets of Rage 4 does. It's such a bummer. Um, 
I, again, it's very, very personal, but, you know, being alone in a studio apartment, <laughs> I can't have people here. I can't see anyone. Uh, I would have loved to have been able to play this online uh, with a couple of friends. But generally, at first, I disliked... It was that I misread. I thought that I was seeing frame drops or that the input was laggy, but it's actually just the animation style is stuck to staying, like, very true to the 90s, which I think comes through with the humor... Um, the cutscenes, which I didn't expect to have as much character as they did. I, I really like the story beats and the, and the personality types, but it's also like the crazy stuff that each of the different toads can do. Like you could turn into a chicken or a train or like a jackhammer, like seeing that stuff animated is, is really cool. And I know, um, not everyone loves it, but I actually ended up really liking it once I realized that it was a style choice and not a frame rate drop. Um, yeah, I, I love all of the different modes. I really liked the biking bit. Uh, I did that at E3 and then getting to play it again was really, really fun. My big uh, complaint is lack of accessibility options. Uh, I, I mean, this, this spans to a lot of people for a lot of reasons, but to speak to my own, uh, I have tendonitis in both of my wrists from playing too many video games. So I can't do anything that requires really rapid thumb movement. And uh, basically, like, fighting games will hurt me, Guitar Hero will hurt me, and anything that, yeah, just rapid tapping will end up being pretty painful. And uh, last night I got to, I think, probably the first boss fight I would consider it. It was about two hours in. Uh, and the, the, the thumb tapping and not having the option to slow that down. A lot of games give you options to turn it off or slow it down or, like, change the rate that you have to tap. Uh, just ended up killing me to the extent that I had to stop playing so that's a huge bummer um, because, of course, if that, that one accessibility option isn't there, it means that there are a lot of people who are potentially being barred from playing this game for a lot of different reasons. And yeah, it, it is a beat-em-up, so it is a lot of tapping. Um, that said, combat is also smarter than I first gave it credit for. You do have to pay a lot of attention to what enemies are on screen and where they are and how you should be taking them out. Say there's someone who's going to electrify the water and prevent you from getting onto any like liquid on the ground, you need to stop them from engaging that electricity attack before you get too close to them. But then there's a, another guy across the room who's shooting things at you that'll slow you down if you're trying to get to him. So it's like combat puzzles, really a lot more of a, a thought provoking thing that I initially gave it credit for. And the minute that I felt myself like, cause I was streaming it, paying attention to my chat more so than to the game, I would just die. You really do have to actually pay attention to what you're doing um, or you'll get cleaned up. But I really appreciate that about it, that it's, uh, solid enemy variety, and that they are all quite unique and really creatively animated. So my general overview is I really enjoy this game. I knew I was going to enjoy it. After playing it at E3, I was like, sold. I really like it. I really like the humor. It's so nostalgic. I think for anyone who grew up in the 90s or watched 90s cartoons, I mean, it's unashamedly Ninja Turtles, which is really fun. Uh, but yeah, the lack of uh, that online multiplayer and uh, minimum accessibility options are huge bummers. Good insights right there, Alana, stuff that maybe I didn't even think about. I love that, Alana. Gary, what are your thoughts on this? I know you haven't quite played it yet. I know it's on your docket, but you got to be excited to see Battletoads come back, right, Gary? Yeah, just a couple of uh, uh, responses to Alana's point specifically. Um, first of all, uh, she's right about the online co-op. I was griping about that yesterday. I'm hoping, though, I think they know that they, that they failed to check that box, and I'm hoping that they'll patch it in at surely. some point. They haven't announced um, it, but surely. But, you know, I, I, I think it's ultimately more of a couch co-op game, just like the original NES Battletoads was. But yeah, nowadays, there's no excuse to not have both. I think I think an online patch will probably be coming. Again, Mike, you touched on Streets of Rage 4. Same style of game, pretty much. They can do it. There's no excuse for, mm -hmm. for Battletoads to not be doing it. So I think you'll see that patch coming at some point uh, down the road. And so the accessibility issue, again, just as a general note, yeah, games need to be doing a better job across of this 
across the board. Last of Us 2 like, really is leading the way in terms of the incredible accessibility options. Gears 5 uh, as well doesn't get spoken about as much. Um, more, Gears 5, really great accessibility more and more, options. More and more games are getting, are getting better at this. And the more games do it, the more it's inexcusable that other games are not. So I think we're at a point where that sea change uh, is happening. And games need to accommodate everyone from like people like our friend Stephen Spohn. You know yeah. who you know has very very specific you know um, challenges and you know has to you know and needs you know games to accommodate him all the way down to people just like Lana who just have busted thumbs who've blown out their thumbs from playing too many games uh, you know where, where's the option for her Alana I know people this are I, know, I know this is kind of a champagne solution but like my wife does this she has a similar issue uh, she uses when these games uh, come up she busts out the elite controller and remaps that stuff to the paddles underneath. So it that, would work actually. Yeah. So that I don't know. It's an, an option if you if you have an elite controller knocking yeah. around. Uh, but just in general, yes, absolutely top of my list to play this week. And I've already got it installed on PC. I've got to install install it on Xbox. The real challenge is, and again, Alana touched on this. Not these games aren't terribly fun to play by yourself. They're games to play with other people. Um, and I'm trying to convince my daughter to play with me. Uh, but so far, all I've heard is I don't want to be a toad. Like she doesn't want to be a toad, apparently. So I don't know if I can if I can convince her. I think it if looks I start, like frogs. Well, I think if I start playing it in front of her, she might go. She might start to get interested. She's often not interested in things when I like explain it to her. But when I shut, like she wasn't interested in Fall Guys, and then she saw it, and now she's all in. Mm. So Battle Toads, I just need to start playing it in front of her. Maybe my it wife is really pretty. Like the background yeah. art, I think is gorgeous. Mm. Like and, I feel like if I was a kid, I'd be like, what is this? And to that point, this this kind of, you know, again, I haven't played it yet, but from everything I've seen, it looks like it checks all the boxes for what a reboot should look like. You know, I'm a, I am have a lot of fondness for the NES original. As brutally difficult as it was, that was a remorseless, unforgiving game, the original original Battletoads. I don't know how this one stacks up, stacks up in terms of different uh, difficulty, but in terms of like the, the, the comic book aesthetic, the cheesy, you know, dad joke humor, and and as you mentioned uh, earlier, Mike, just like the formula of the like the original Battletoads wasn't just one thing. Yes, it was fighting, but it was also swinging around, platforming, you know, riding vehicles. It was a, it was a variety game. It was a whole bunch of different games, mini games essentially. And it looks like they've captured all, you know all that that formula. Does it all add up to something that isn't you know? Don't forget, a lot of kids that are playing these days don't know what the hell Battletoads is. They just want a cool game. And so the challenge is to please new people to to, to the game who don't know what Battletoads is. And you know the older folks like us, or at least you and me, Mike, who remember, um, you know, the original game, and are like, you know, is, it, does this stack up to the Battletoads? You know, I know uh, and love. And so um, I'm, yeah, I, I played the original a little bit, but I'm not like a Battletoads purist or anything. I just want a cool game. And again, you also touched on this. The Last of Us is a fantastic game. Ghost of Tsushima, a fantastic game. But but not every game, especially right now, not every game needs to be like a devastating indictment of the human condition or, you know, like a very <laughs> serious, um, you know, samurai period melodrama. Like, Don't need to keep telling me how awful I am. Right, seriously. Like, yeah, I, I, these games are making me hate myself. You know, like The Last of Us <laughs> really, really punishes you. And Tsushima in places really punishes you. And it makes you feel really guilty about some of the things that the game makes you do. But that's why I love Fall Guys, because it just puts a smile on your face. And I think that Battletoads, if they've done it well, I'll let you know next week, um, is a game that obviously is, is trying to do that. They're like, let's just have some fun. Like games need to get back more to that in general, I think. I yeah. I appreciate the variety. So like, yeah. I actually really like what The Last of Us did. And I think that it did something uh, unique to the medium that I like very much appreciate. But I'm absolutely with you that I want to see a continuous variety. And the fact that we got uh, Flight Simulator and Battletoads in one week is certainly 
uh, a selling point for that is that they are very, very, very different games with very different themes. But certainly I don't want my Ghost of Tsushima's or my Last of Us's to go away either. Um, but uh, on the, the note of Battletoads, I had played it, but only ever at someone else's house. Uh, my first console was a Nintendo 64. Um, so I was like, my memory of Battletoads is just actually the music, that that menu music, that... Oh, the pause, the pause music. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's like my my the thing that's like most in my brain is that. Um, so it's like, a three, it's like a three second loop, and it's so catchy. It's also in the new one, which is very oh nice. my god, yeah. I love it, I love it, I love yeah. it. They check that box too. I'm so yeah. happy. But that's the part that was in my brain. So like, Battletoads didn't have for the for me the nostalgia in it is the cartoon aspects of it, which get me you know watching Ninja Turtles as a kid, not the actual gameplay aspects of it, which. Even though I did play it, I feel like I barely remember or have any real attachment to outside of like the memes and like knowing what Battletoads is, like, you know, by it being repeatedly brought up. Uh, but I really like the gameplay. Like, I, I really like that variety. Like you say, the mini game, there's a hacking mini, ga- mini game, there's a silly paper, scissors, rock thing. Oh, uh, the yeah. bike one's my favorite one so far. Yeah, the, the mini games are great. Um, really, really cool stuff. And they do a lot of interesting stuff with depth too. Like, the even though it's it's in theory 2d it's still very deep like in in the amount of just depth is the only word i can think of in those environments so yeah i i don't have the nostalgia for the gameplay even without that i really like it but i do have the nostalgia for the cutscenes. so yeah just a solid fun gameplay game and uh nothing crazy but a really good time for sure i'm excited to hear what gary thinks of the drop in drop out co-op as me and alana like alana said uh, i played this solo as well i you know, rely on online gameplay to play with my friends, especially during COVID times and being alone up here in Tahoe. I don't have any friends to call on. So it is nice. And I hope to hear good things about drop in, drop out co-op for Gary and his family, but hope to see them put online because I would love to have a Saturday afternoon of this game, put it on easy, just laugh with one of my friends and breeze through it or crank it up to super difficulty and see what we can do on that hardened mode, which would be a lot of fun. But a good time all around, and I definitely recommend it. Alana, are you telling people to check it out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, if you have Game Pass, why would you not? What's, yeah, you know? what's the harm? Yeah, like exactly. it's it's such a weird weird thing to, to recommend. It's like you've got Game Pass, sorry, you already have it. You know, um, so one hundred percent. It's like the only reason you wouldn't recommend it is if like your hard drive's already maxed out with a bunch of games that you don't want to uninstall. It's like, can I afford the space? Like, it's the only way I yeah. can see this being any kind of a risk. Yeah, but I, I guess for like Xbox gamers who don't have Game Pass, yeah. A, Y, uh, B, um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know and would be curious to see if someone who doesn't have any nostalgia for what this game is playing into, if they would enjoy it or not. Like, I, oh. I'm curious to see those conversations because I'm not sure. Let me, let, me, uh, let me ask you this. Assuming you are a younger gamer or you come to this without any uh, history of, like, the Battletoads series going all the way to, back to the NES, if this is your first uh, encounter with the Battletoads games, do you think you would get the sense that it is kind of a throwback game, that it's like an old-fashioned kind of game? Because that's obviously it is it is obviously kind of riffing on a on on a, on a play style that was established, you know, back in the eight bit era. And I'm just wondering if it feels that. I don't mean that's a bad thing. Like those games are still great. I'm just wondering if you, if it has that kind of um, almost like kind of vintage, like you know, good old days of gaming kind of feel to it, where it's just a bunch of simple stuff. No, what I'm going to say is for anyone who listens to this podcast who plays Battletoads with no experience with Battletoads prior of any kind, or maybe you didn't watch 90s cartoons, uh, please tweet at us and let us know. Yeah. I'm genuinely curious because I can't, I can't assess it. I can't remove myself enough from the situation to say. 
I mean, and, and again, that's that's the challenge because it has to work for, you know, all those quadrants of the market. Yes, they have to please the older gamers that remember Battletoads. I mean, remember the whole thing when people... There was a whole thing for a while where people used to call up GameSpot and ask, hey, do you have Battletoads? They used to just troll GameSpot uh, employees with that. That was like a whole thing for a while. But like for a lot of people, that's when they that's when you say Battletoads. Like, oh, yeah, that meme. Like they might not even be old enough to remember the game uh, or the, you know, the 90s. There have been different versions of Battletoads throughout the years, but... Um, again, a lot of, you know, like if you're a teenage gamer or whatever, this is probably the first you've ever heard of Battletoads and it needs to work for you too, uh, just on its own merits. Now, again, it'll be interesting to see how that younger uh, audience uh, responds to it. I think they will get behind it, Gary. Me personally right there, if you don't have any Battletoads knowledge or experience, I think the characters, the fun story, the cartoony nature, I think will impact a lot of gamers. And I think it's one of those similar to Cuphead for me of like, I could easily see this being picked up by a Cartoon Network, a Nickelodeon, a Netflix, and make it its own series and, you know, comedy cartoon. This is a lot of fun to watch, and this is something I would tune into and watch on the television as well and just kick back and relax. I think it's pretty cool like that. Yeah, the fun characters. I think they did. Um, I think there was like a Battletoads cartoon back in the day as well when the original game was around. I can't remember if it was if it lasted very long. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, play, it plays into that. You can totally see this on... Uh, you know, Cartoon Network or something. Yeah, I love that. sure. Yeah, it's the animation's great. They did a great job. And I also, uh, I don't know if you said something about this, Barrett, uh, the voice acting um, is cheesy and over the top, but I think very fun. <laughs> it works, I, just, yeah. I just kept smiling. It works for me in moments, but they're like, I would say in like my first 10 minutes, I was like, ooh, let's see how this, let's see how it's this goes. It's certainly not good. It doesn't start off on the right foot. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that probably was, I mean, I imagine that's probably what they were going for, right? Is cheesy and over the top is exactly the target they were trying to hit. Now, there are there are good and bad versions of that. But yeah, again, this is not a serious drama. This is like a bunch of ridiculous cartoon characters. So they probably were going for a over the top vibe with it, I, th I would imagine. So well, I just like to say Zitz is the real MVP. Oh, she likes Zitz. Saying. Yes, I love Zitz as well. That's Zitz my favorite clearly the superior toad. Yeah, the cool part, too, is they're all so unique. You have their own, you know, because it has the cool cut scenes, you get to know and learn them. But they all have their own unique fighting styles as well, right? Like, Rash is the over-the-top, I'm, like, the well-balanced, I want to show off to everybody. Pimple is the big brute with the heart of gold. And then Zitz is, like, really fast. He's the leader, and he's quick on the combos, which I really like as well. So it is pretty cool to flip between all three. When you play solo, what I really like is you select a character, but... In all honesty, you can just click left or right on the D-pad or up, and you automatically switch to the other character. I thought that was really cool as well, too. Uh, and again, pardon my ignorance, but this is a question that I'm going to ask myself now as I try to get my family to play with me over the weekend. Can you do three players at once? Can you play all three uh -huh. Toads? Yep. Okay, great. Uh -huh. uh, so I'm going to try and get the whole fan playing this weekend. We'll see what That'd I be awesome. Do. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. It's I'm right. also a Zitz main here, too. Nice. Zitz for life. Zitz main. <laughs> I love that. Well, to wrap up our impressions of that, remember, if you beat Act 1 of Battletoads, you will get a Sea of Thieves custom ship. I think that's really cool. We've seen some awesome collaborations with Sea of Thieves via Rare, whether it be Banjo-Kazooie, the Halo Master Chief Boring. one was awesome. Ori, there's so many more but the cool part is if you play and beat act one of battle toads you know whether you buy it or play it on game pass you're going to get a sea of thieves custom ship which i that's think that's actually awesome. a really i don't know if that's the first time they've done that but now you mentioned that's a cool idea like achievements that actually confer prizes as well like you actually win something that's kind of cool i love they've that. done it before but yeah I, I love it it's also like something very cool about playing sea of thieves and seeing someone 
So like when I play that with my friends and I see someone with a Gears of War flag or whatever, we'll be like, that's the Gears ship. So you start yeah. like identifying them as the different games, but it's also, if you talk to them, you immediately have a talking point other than just Sea of Thieves. You're like, oh, you like Ori? Cool. Yeah. I mean, nice. we're, I mean, we're all familiar with the idea of as you level up in games, you unlock, you know, different skins and weapons and stuff and unlocks. Like, we, we all know that. But yeah, the, the idea of it actually giving you prizes in other games, that's actually really cool. Yeah, very neat. Really fun one. Well, since we're running a little long here on time, I will remind everybody that Xbox Free Play Days are going on this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. You'll be able to play Overwatch, Rec, Fest, and F1 2020 with your Xbox Live Gold or Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. So make sure to check out those three games if you'd like for free play days. And we'll wrap up the show with our fun segment of Xbox Game Pass Play or Smash. Of course, each and every week, we will talk about one awesome gem in the Game Pass library, whether it be on PC, Xbox, anywhere in between, and let you know if you should pass on it, play it, or smash that download button. I'll kick it off this week. I want to talk about... we. Uh, Golf with your friends. Golf with friends is a total blast. If you love mini golf, if you like hanging out with all of your friends in 12-player lobbies, which I know I do having a fun party situation, this is the game for you. 12 courses, five modes, plus you can set all custom rules any way to fit your play style. You can totally customize your ball. Everybody can go at the same time. You can put collision on to make things even crazier or wilder. You can play it traditionally if you like and go one by one and watch everybody. But Man, golf with your friends, especially during quarantine times, is a fun party game to bring everybody together. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was going to suggest uh, Fable Anniversary. It's on Xbox. I didn't know that until I streamed it the other day. I couldn't find it on uh, Game Pass for PC, so I bought it on Steam. And then my chat was like, it's on Xbox. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get that there, and I don't have to rebuy it, which is great, uh, but I want the achievement, so... We back over on the Xbox, but yeah, Fable Anniversary um, or Fable: The Lost Chapters specifically, but you know, Anniversary, of course, I've mentioned it before on the show. One of my my top five favorite games of all time. I absolutely love it, um, and it's still just a ton of fun to play. Uh, if you're a person who doesn't know anything about Fable and is like, "Why is everyone so excited about this new Fable thing? What's this?" Play Fable Anniversary. It's old and it looks old, um, but it still has that same really goofy humor. Uh, not goofy in a Battletoads way, because it's not as cheesy and that it is still like a little bit dirty sometimes. Uh, Fable gets a little bit risque, but combat's still a ton of fun. The RPG mechanics are great and uh, that morality system still definitely stands out. So yeah, I couldn't recommend Fable Anniversary more highly. I love it. Gary, you got one for me before we end the show? I'm going to throw out two real quick because they're older games. One, I just noticed it, it's on here. I'm literally clicking the install button right now, right as I'm seeing it here. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, Saints Row 4 re-elected. My God, I love the Saints Row games. Nothing would make me happier than a Saints Row 5 announcement. The Saints Row is my number one guilty pleasure franchise in gaming. Saints Row 4, I, 3 and 4, I thought in particular, were both totally over the top. I love them. I need to go look into what the re-elected edition uh, is I think it throws in all the DLC. Does and it include Get Out of Hell? Maybe I'm guessing it's going to include the Saint Save Christmas and all the stuff that they added. Um, I'm mashing that install button right now. I might have to stream <laughs> that. I love the Saints Row games <laughs> so Saints much. Saints Row you're a superhero. It's yeah, like, I mean, they yeah. basically so set weird, the whole so thing cool. inside. Well, I mean, the, the whole conceit of like, you know, aliens have taken over and put you all inside the Matrix so you can just have all, this, all these reality bending power. Saints Row is just like, like fuck the, the common sense. Uh, you know, the narrative, like, what do you want to do? And we'll figure out a way to let you do it. Um, you can fly around, you can drive tanks, you can go back in time, you can you can do all kinds of amazing, ridiculous things. It's so much fun. 
Um, the cat. Yeah, I, the I mean, Saints I, I, cat that does the that does, has like the game show. Yeah, it's the whole thing is absolutely. Oh yeah, when you wear the so you wear the giant cat heads. Yeah, yeah the whole thing is absolutely. Map that are just so ridiculous and get more. And yeah, more absurd. one of the games opens with you doing like a mega bank robbery, but you're all wearing these giant cat uh, oversized cat heads. It's so ridiculous. Um, I know Alana says that she was goes back and plays like Halo like once a year or whatever. Like I rarely, rarely go back and revisit games, but I think I'm going to go back and revisit uh, Saints Row. And then another one, real, real quick. My kid loves it, and I really enjoy it as well. Um, it's called Pikuniku. He played this. It's really, really fun. Um, super, super cartoony. Almost has like a preschool aesthetic. Almost kind of looks like, it's so simplistic. Almost kind of looks like Thomas was alone. But you can also play it in like a two-player co-op. Super, super adorable. It really does look like a, like a preschooler's like cartoon uh, animated show. But it's a really, really fun mixture of like platforming and, and puzzle solving. My kid, especially if you've got kids, my kid loves it. I enjoy uh, playing it with her. Uh, it's on Windows and Xbox. Piku Niku. Okay, I like that. You know, Gary, you got me thinking about Saints Row, and I love all of them, but one holds the most special spot in my heart is Saints Row 1 with the multiplayer. And I don't know if you two will ever remember this, but I spent a lot of time in Protect the Pimp mode, which was one of the most fun <laughs> multiplayer modes I've ever played. You would have to protect one character on an attacking and defending team, and he was the pimp. He had the full pin outfit. And if he ran around and got close to you, he could pimp slap you and you would die instantly. And it was so much fun. That does sound really awesome fun. Game mode. Sounds oh, very Saints so Row. Yeah. <laughs> Saints Row 1 with that multiplayer was awesome. But that's enough smiles, enough fun. We got to get out of here. We got a tight time restraint this week. So thank you all so much for watching. This is episode six of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We've gone through our pilot program. Thank you, the viewers, the best friends, the audience out there for making this possible, for able to power our dreams. And now we'll give you some more until the Xbox Series X release. We will continue to come week after week. And the awesome part is now that we're extended, we're going to bring on some awesome guests, maybe more Xbox staff, awesome Xbox personalities, insiders, and people that you love in the podcast space that will come on, do some deep dives with us, and we'll get to talk more things Xbox. So thank you so much for your love and support on behalf of Barrett, Alana, Gary, and your guys, Snowbike Mike. Thank you all. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.